Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Curbison, joined with Reed Bacon. Got another great one for you guys. Uh, we're talking about SC Championship game. What we saw, what we thought was going to happen, and what didn't happen, and how this college football playoff is going to play out. What What is it going to look like moving forward? And we also talk about the bowl game we just got, Music City, here we come, and what that means for us moving forward into the future. And how we think we're going to do versus Purdue. And then also a little bit of recruiting talk, talk about some of the guys that have committed to us recently and what positions we really need to look at uh, going into next season. So another great one for you. Uh, let's jump into it. The game. Snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score. Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee to one Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Kent, touchdown on play number one. Okay, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. You got to go there to bet on any games. Listen. Football, full swing. We're getting into bowl games. We're getting into college football playoffs. It's getting a later half of the NFL, you know, maybe some playoffs coming up. Basketball's in full swing. NBA, college basketball, now just starting up. To make all those games more exciting, you got to bet on them. Put some money down. It really gets the adrenaline going. So for stats, for odds, for spreads, everything that you need, betonline.ag is the place to go. Uh Right now, they've just updated their um, desktop version of their website, so it looks brand new. So go there or on your mobile device, and when you sign up, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. So make sure and use that when you you first sign up and you receive that 50% welcome bonus, which is just, hey, it's extra money. Why wouldn't you do it? Um, so head on over to uh, betonline.ag. It's it's the best place to do any bets. Um, it's just the best sports book out there. So go on over. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Um, got a lot of news going on in this podcast. Got a lot of stuff that just happened over this past weekend. College football playoffs, SC championship. We're in a damn bowl game. But first and most importantly, Reed. How are we doing, bud? <laughs> We're bowling, baby. This is bowling season. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, this is another episode of Where in the World is Reed? So I am now <laughs> doing a podcast uh, from a hotel room in Plymouth, 
New Hampshire, the the population size of Plymouth, New Hampshire is 7,000 people. And people say, why are you in Plymouth, New Hampshire? <laughs> Where it's like 20, 20 degrees outside. So Yeah, uh, I was going to ask, like, what's, what's with, the, what's with the, the beanie you got on? Well, the beanie's just because my hair's all, like, jacked up. It'll probably come off it. Well, that's not that bad. It'll probably come off at some point. Um, but, you know, my, I just had bed head or, like, beanie head. Which actually, they're not called beanies; they're toboggans. But you know, I'm well, hold- I, I wanted to say toboggan, but I thought, you know, who knows? There might be some northern listeners that would give me a hard time because my dad yes. is originally is originally from Michigan, and he hates it when we say toboggan. So Ariel, my my lovely, fantastic girlfriend, uh, who I'm up here visiting, and the reason she's up here is because she's a nurse and she's doing a a travel contract, nursing travel contract. It's great. Like if I would, I, I promise you, I wish I could be a nurse. Because the opportunities you get to go and help other areas, see other areas, and the money that you make, oh, goodness, it's nice. Well, hey, hey, I don't know if you want to deal with all that puss and crap, literal crap you have to deal with as a nurse. Oh, I know. They're they're the greatest of the greatest. They really are. Like, they're special. And that's what she jokes about. She's like, Reed, I don't think you'd be able to handle some of the stuff. And the thing is, like, I could do it if it's, like, a family member or a friend. But then, like, yeah, taking care of someone random, it would – Maybe a little bit more difficult, but I one time called it toboggan and she was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, a toboggan's a sled that you slide on the snow. And I was like, no, you're not, you idiot. Like, what are you talking about? So anyways, I'm up here and I want to start by saying this, and this is no joke. This is no exaggeration for the podcast. So I flew into Boston. When I land in Boston, I go through the gate, I go through the airport, and I get on the bus to get to the rental car place because I need to get a rental car because I'm driving from Boston to Plymouth about an hour and a half, two hours. One of, well, definitely the first team I saw, but the the shirt, and, and I'm always on the lookout for what NFL teams I see. Obviously, there's going to be Patriot stuff up here in New England, but I'm like, who else do I see? I kid you not, when I get on the bus, I turn around, and there's a gentleman wearing a long sleeve, like dry fit zip up with Tennessee. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's hilarious. Like I'm in Boston. The first team I see besides the Patriots is University of Tennessee. I was like, that's hilarious. And I, I wanted to snag a picture of it, which I got a decent picture of him without him <laughs> knowing. But all you could see was the orange. You couldn't see the power T because the way he was sitting on the bus. So now I kid you not. This guy, so this I, guy, I, this guy writes a blog in his meantime. And he's like, this weird dude is taking pictures of me on the bus. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. So he looked like a businessman. He he looked like he was traveling for business, but he was just in his casual stuff because he had like his little briefcase and he had his two phones. So it was a typical sales looking thing. But then we're up here and the, they have a they have a little D3 university here. It's a nice little school, uh, Plymouth State University. We're driving around the university just looking at it and no joke out of nowhere. I look to my right and a guy has a Henley on like a or like a, not a Henley, but a, um, a flannel, but it's not buttoned. And underneath it is just the, the typical orange with the saying Tennessee and white. And I stopped the car and Ariel's like, what are you doing? I stopped the car. I was like, oh my gosh, the dude's wearing a Tennessee shirt. So I've already driven past him a little bit. So I start to like put down the window, but I have to put down the back window because we're already too far. And I'm like, hey, I was like, are you a Tennessee fan? And he's like, what? And he takes his earphones. I was like, hey, Tennessee shirt. I was like, are you from Tennessee? He's like, no, I'm not from Tennessee. I was like, but you're a Tennessee fan? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I love Tennessee. And I was like, let's go. Go balls. And I and then I drove off because we had a car behind us. And I drove off. I was like, 
I wonder why he's a Tennessee fan. Like, I really wish I would have known Ariel's like, read, get it, give it a rest. Like this, this guy's like, this college student's like, who is this weirdo stopping the car? So no joke, the two teams I've seen are UT balls, but I did see very randomly a girl at CVS today wearing a university of South Florida. So I've seen two UT stuff, one South Florida and no other colleges, no other colleges. Yeah, so, you, yeah, you definitely do seem like a crazy person yelling at random people. Hey, hey, what are you wearing orange for? Are you Tennessee fan? <laughs> hey, you're like you're like a dang dog with his head out the window. Hey, what are you doing there? <laughs> hey, are you wearing orange? Hey, what the heck? <laughs> hey, that's funny you say a dog with his head out the window. Because the other thing uh, Ariel gets mad at me about is when I, like, every time I see a dog, I go up and, like, play with them. I'm like, who's this? Who's this cute boy? <laughs> so, all right. But anyways, um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear about uh, – we're going to start – so, for everyone listening, we're going to do a little bit of the SEC championship. We're obviously going to talk about the bowl game because it just dropped. So, we'll do a little bit talking about it, and then we'll actually get more into the actual matchup in, in weeks coming. Um I'm personally going to hit on just very, very minor recruiting stuff. We're not – we're going to save our recruiting pods for early signing day and actual signing day. So, that's when we'll watch the films. We'll talk about breakdowns, all that stuff. But to start off, what did you think about the SEC championship? Um, I, w- I was surprised. I definitely thought, okay, this is the year Georgia can do it. Um. I, I'm like very on the fence because I don't even want to say if I'm surprised or not because it it is so in character for Georgia to shit the bed and Alabama to beat them. It is so in character for Alabama to get to a game and the team be scared of them and then to win outright, even though they were six and a half point underdogs. Like that is so usual. Like that is the usual thing. So it's hard for me to say I'm surprised, but I definitely thought this is it for, for Kirby. This is his chance. If he doesn't take advantage of this, like he's never going to be seen as that guy. Now, obviously still has an opportunity to take advantage of it. They still have an opportunity to win the national championship. So, you know, the book is not done. We're still writing the book right now. But, man, I, I just – I did not see this out of Alabama with how close they played to Florida, to Auburn, to LSU, to us. Like, in no way did I think Alabama is the number one team in the nation, which is where they're at right now. I, the absolute turnaround from last week versus Auburn to this week is insane. I, I never would have thought – I mean, the offensive line in and of itself got whooped by Auburn's front four and front seven all game long. They got pressure on Bryce all game long. They couldn't run the ball to save their lives. And then all of a sudden, Bryce Young has all the time in the world versus this Georgia defense, can sit back in the pocket, find whoever he wants. And Georgia was even playing man coverage a lot of the time on these – Top tier wide receiver, like best wide receivers in the country, in in um, Minchie and Williams, and just playing man coverage versus them and getting their asses whooped. I mean, I've never seen someone move as fast as as Williams did on that 
on that across cross pattern across the field. And then he just went up the sideline. I mean, literally outran everyone on Georgia's defense. So I'm not, you know, burying Georgia right now. I'm not saying there's no possible way they could win. I still think they could. And I think they're now pissed off like they should be. But, dude, I, I, I am upset that Alabama's in the playoffs. Georgia, I was rooting for you so hard. And I know, you know, certain fans are like, I hate Georgia more because they're in the East. But I despise – I mean, definitely – I would say Georgia's not even on my radar of top three teams in the SEC that I hate the most. I, like I would go Florida, then Bama, then I would probably say a Kentucky or Vandy, not because we've lost them, but because their fans are assholes and act like they're better than us when they're not. I mean, Vandy fans are saying they're better than us now because they won a couple games and so are Kentucky. So it's just like – I. I take those games a little harder than I do the Georgia game. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. So a lot, a lot said there. Um, and I want to react to some of it. First off, I am not more surprised from the week to week jump of how they looked against Auburn to how they looked against Georgia, because I watched that Auburn game and I, I was very surprised, but I was like, Bama has not shown me anything all year to make them think like they are hands down the best team or the hands down whatever. And so it's less about the jump that they meet from week to week because that is a rivalry game. You can muck it up. It can be one of those games where they just kind of have your number. And I really, even though it was going to diminish the game yesterday, I really wanted Auburn to win because I wanted it because, like you said, I hate Alabama, I hate Georgia. I didn't want either of them to win the SEC championship. So I was hoping freaking Auburn would win and then Alabama wins the SEC championship so that they're, you know, they kind of blemish Georgia and Georgia doesn't get an SEC championship, but yet Alabama still can't get in the college football football playoff. But I don't think that would have happened, though. So you're, you're telling me that you think if Alabama lost to Auburn last week but still won yesterday, they would still be put in? I don't think so. I think but. I think Georgia would have one loss. Alabama would have two losses. Michigan and Cincinnati winning their games. Cincinnati being undefeated, Michigan with one loss. It would go Michigan one. Um, Cincinnati two or three. Georgia two or three. Alabama four. What do you I don't think, think you don't I think, think they Dame? would put in a two-loss Alabama with a win over the number one team in Georgia, over a one-loss Notre Dame, a one-loss Oklahoma, a two-loss Baylor. Like yeah. they they would. So I think Alabama yeah. would still have been in it number four. It's funny to say this because this is like this is my least favorite thing to talk about is the what ifs on all those things. So like I really I really don't care, um, but because I, I hate talking about all those, but but and I'm not saying that to say like you bringing that up because I, yeah I mean you're probably right like we won't ever know. My point to all that was I'm more surprised at how Bama won yesterday because of the whole season, not just because of how bad they looked against Auburn. But the thing about it is now that I really sit back, it's more about Georgia than it is Alabama. A true truly, it it really is like uh, Georgia just didn't play anybody all year and. And it, I did think about it yesterday when I was looking at the lines and stuff. I said, you know what? I haven't really heard anybody talk about it. And then finally, I think it was on game day, whoever mentioned it. 
but Georgia, like, or no, maybe it was a podcast I was listening to, but like Georgia had a very difficult time beating Clemson and Clemson's not very good. And they've had a very difficult time beating them first game of the year. And the only reason they beat them was on a pick six. So like, who's their best win against Kentucky? You know what I mean? So it's like Georgia, I think was the beneficiary of us just not knowing. I say us as in like just college football fans. Like we all knew the SEC East was down, but like you kind of want to be like, well, Georgia is winning and they are winning pretty convincingly. But I just, to wrap it all up on that, I think what we saw yesterday was more like, yeah, Georgia's just, they were overrated and Georgia does what Georgia does and choke and Kirby does what Kirby does. Like, I said in that tweet I sent out, like that I did, I took that picture legitimately on that game because I was like, and it's the same thing I said a while back when we were doing a podcast, I think in the summer before everything started, I said, I don't trust Kirby Smart. I said, I trust Dan Mullen more than I trust Kirby Smart. Now, Dan Mullen completely, you know, just went down with the, with the burning ship, but I don't trust Kirby and I'm not ever going to trust him until he gives me reason not to. And, and so, the other thing about all this is, too, like, as a Georgia fan, as a Georgia player, you're like, hey, but it's okay. We still have everything out in front of us. Let's still go win a national championship. It's still just a little awkward, though, now. It's like, so what? Now we're in, and now it's like, so, yeah, I guess it's great. We're going to be a national championship. But it's like we didn't complete the whole cool, the whole full season. And, 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 and listen, as uh, a getting, a, fan, getting a national championship ring without an SEC championship ring is pretty weird. It is. but and, and I get it. Listen, if I was a Tennessee fan and that happened to us, your boy is still elated, and I'm still going to say we won a national championship and all that. In five to 10 to 15 years, people are not going to maybe really talk about that. We're still going to have another national championship hanging. But it is a little – it's just like a little like, what the hell? Like, it's just kind of like, I, I don't know. And I will be interested to see how they respond this next game. And I'll be responsible. See, you know, if they win it, if they do get the rematch against Bama. But I'll tell you this thing: the what's great about this year is there's there's just not one dominant team, and so that's why I'm excited to see kind of what happens. But Georgia was just overrated, and I still don't think Alabama's. I still don't think Alabama's that great. Like that Alabama team play, that played yesterday is nowhere near some of the Alabama teams in in the past three to five to ten years. Oh. And the funny thing is, you're talking about those receivers. Those receivers aren't even as good as the receivers they had last year in in, in Waddle and Devontae Smith. I mean, so like they're they're good, but they still weren't even as good as the other guys. Yeah, I think I think you're right in the fact that Georgia wasn't necessarily tested. And they almost had like a very easy road where they like they got Florida once they had started to fall off. You know, that's like well, that's when they played them. They played against the you know their best win, like you said, Kentucky against a team that can only run the ball. And they aren't, you know, two-dimensional, a very one-dimensional team. And then beating us, which, you know, first-year head coach, we're just trying to figure ourselves out. Yes, we have an explosive offense, but, like, it, we don't necessarily have the four and five stars that they have. So, I, yeah, it, it almost, like, set up perfectly for them where you play Clemson first game of, of the year. And in those games, anything can really happen because – teams are still trying to figure themselves out. So I agree with you in that way. I, I think, you know, what you said about the wide receivers, yes, they're not as good, but I feel like this Georgia defense being as dominant as they were supposed to be and letting up as many points as they did, 
is very like, were they too high on themselves? Were they just like, oh yeah, like we can cover them one-on-one who gives a shit who they are. Or it's like, Hey, understand the talent of these guys and set up some zone coverages, set up some safety help, like do things to help yourself. Because I, I think like when you get in your head, like you're better than everybody else, like it's a disadvantage in some, in some instances, like, that's why Nick Saban always talks about like the rat poison. Like he doesn't want the rat poison to get in where people are like, Oh, Alabama's the best. They're so good. No one can beat them. Da, 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 da. And I think that got into Georgia where they're like, yeah, I can play man coverage versus these guys. It's like, no, you can't dude. Like uh, be humble for a second, realize what's going on. Yeah. You can play man coverage sometimes, but not the whole game and not an important downs. Like give yourself some safety help. I don't I, well, like, that's where I'm like, mm, what like what were you guys thinking in that moment? Like, I don't care who it is in the NFL. When someone is playing the Packers, they are paying attention to Devontae Adams. No matter what team, what defense, what corner you have, you're paying attention to Devontae Adams. So you should treat it the same way when you're playing against an opponent. It doesn't matter who it is. Who am I paying attention to on their offense? And I just don't think Georgia necessarily did that. I think they played it like they played against Kentucky. They played it like they played against us. And that's Alabama is not the same team. Yeah, I think it's that fine line, like what you're talking about, is that fine line of confidence and cockiness. Because you got to be confident. Because if you don't have confidence yourself, nobody will. So I don't care what you're doing. You better be confident. But I can also say that once you get hit in the mouth, sometimes if you're like, if you don't respect your opponent and then you get hit in the mouth, sometimes it's too late. Because you're already like and, – and, and luckily for Georgia, they might get a chance to regroup and come back and, and try to do it again. But I just think uh, I just think this college football season, in a way, it's a great season because there's not one team. We tried to anoint Georgia, that dominant team, but they weren't. Um, and a, another thing that really changed the game yesterday was like the quarterback play. Like Bryce Young's just a hell of a lot better than Stetson Bennett. And we can always talk about – and we'll get into this in the upcoming weeks and months about recruiting. And I'm getting a little, and I'll, I'll jump into this later. I'm getting a little annoyed with some of these UT fans I see on Vault Twitter that are like, you know, talking about all the recruits and, and and no disrespect to any of the recruits because I'm not saying I necessarily said that you have to have all four and five stars, but we're signing these three stars, and we're you know competing with, you know, what East you know Eastern Kentucky, or I mean not Eastern Kentucky, Western Carolina, and maybe like Mississippi State, and some of these other schools, and that's fine. And these guys might be ended up being good players for us, but it's like you still some of those still matter. Like you still have to have the four and five star guys. And I'll get into my whole theory about that. And I saw all these people on Vol Twitter that were like, "I take a three star with hard any day than the five star." Yeah, but like I've mentioned on here, we could get some of those five stars that still care and still have heart. Like it was Williams, the receiver for Alabama yesterday. That video him coming out and him running down on the Gunner team and making a tackle. I mean, dude's just a freak athlete. And so if you have him on your gunner team, it, just imagine what else you have other your, your other players doing. So yesterday came down to Bryce Young is a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett. And the other thing is, too, like you said, besides that, the number other number two thing was Alabama's offensive line, like you said, was atrocious. But they, they manned up yesterday in that vaunted defense and front seven and D-line. They couldn't do anything. And Bryce Young sat back there all day. And those are the two things that ended up winning the game. So that gives you a little bit of recruiting because they had the better 
quarterback, and it also gives you a little bit of coaching. They they had the better scheme and the better matchup or better scheme and better fits and better ideas going into the game. And that that's why because Kirk because Nick's better than Kirby. So yeah, I agree. I agree with you about the quarterback for sure. I think the scheme, yes, straight on. That's kind of what I was saying. Where defensively, you got to adjust to a, a better team that you're playing. Yes, yes. I, I think that over this month that they have and the semifinal game that they have, they need to get JT Daniel prepared. They do not need to depend on Stinson Bennett. Like. Setson Bennett is not a national championship quarterback. You understand what I'm saying? Like, he, when you look yeah, at he, a team, this guy is not the one to win a national championship for you. And of any position on the field, the quarterback is the most important. Kirby, you have to. You have to. I know you're defensive-minded, but you have to get your five-star that's sitting on the bench ready for this game. See, see this. See that sounds like a call I would be hearing on like a Georgia fan radio sports talk, and I, I hear you. But I, I'm going to trust the coaches. Like, if he's been sitting on the bench all year, and it was the whole injury thing, and then he come back, like there's something going on. There's something amiss with him. And the other thing is too is like Stetson Bennett is good enough to win if if that defense was as legendary and as good as people thought they were going to be. If, as long as he could game manage, not turn the ball over, run. But I agree with you. That's not who their defense is. So he probably isn't good enough to win them a national championship. I equate, I equate it to, and everyone loves to say this in the NFL, is like your quarterback is a game manager, not a game yeah. winner. Yeah. Stetson yeah. Bennett is an amazing game manager. Doesn't turn, yeah. doesn't really turn the ball over a lot. Uh, can give you a few, you know, nice dink and dunks here and there. Uh, it's good on play action, like, you know, depends on the running game, has a great defense. It's just like – but that's not the – like, that is not what you He's need not- once you get to where you're going. Like, you need something a little bit more than that where it's like um, – I got it. You Let me say, you, you need the guy that can drive you 86 yards in two and a half minutes. Yeah, I know it's – yes, I know it's – Yeah, and it's like, it's, like, uh, it's like with uh, – I think it was – San Francisco, who had Alex Smith forever. And it was like Alex Smith was a guaranteed, like, one touchdown, uh, 200 and, you know, 25 yards passing, maybe like 15 yards rushing every game. But they had a good defense. So they were a good team. But in no way was it like, oh, Alex Smith is the same as Aaron Rodgers, is the same yeah. as Peyton, is the same as Tom Brady. Like, yeah. he wasn't. He was just – there and could do what he could do with what he had where he got a concussion got taken out and then Colin Kaepernick came in and teams are like wait what the hell's going on like this guy can right. run like right I, I, like I don't know how to stop him and it's just like that little that's why I'm just well it's the same thing that happened in Kansas City when Patrick Mahomes took over yeah yeah exactly thing. so yeah that's why I'm like Yes, at the moment, Stinson is doing what he needs to do. And maybe you don't want to mess that up for your team chemistry. But this is the game that tells you, hey, he did mess up. Hey, he did throw a pick that really hurt us. Hey, like maybe he's not the quarterback because every other game before this, they've been blowing teams out. They've been winning by 30. So there was no need to question anything which is sometimes why it's better teams lose in the beginning because now they start questioning stuff. Now they start thinking about stuff. When, when you're all comfortable, you don't 
think about how you can get better or what you can do to improve. And now Georgia has that. And that's why I think they need to set up for JT Daniels because Stinson Bennett is not the answer for yeah, a national you, championship team or moving forward in the future. Yeah, but don't you think that the coaches, if they thought that they would have had JT Daniels ready weeks ago? No, what's the point? What's the point? You're blowing out teams by 35 points. What do you mean, what's the point? He's the, if, if, if you think he is the best quarterback on the team, he should be playing. You're not just yes. going to leave him. You're not going to, like, save him for, like, when you really need him. No, if he's the best player, he's going to be playing. And he yeah, I know. I'm saying, I'm saying – I'm not saying they didn't see him or, or they didn't realize that he was the best player. I'm saying they got very comfortable in winning with Stinson and were like, okay. oh – we are winning games and doing well with him at quarterback. So why would we change it? Not okay. thinking like, okay. hey, maybe we should change it. Or is this the best offense that we can have with Stinson there? I think it was just like, oh, our defense gives us three three turnovers a game. And we have great field position. And our special teams are great. And we score a lot of points. And there was no like – interceptions, bad plays, bad reads, bad, like, uh, just leadership by Stinson where they were like, oh, get him out. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I I guess that's fair because in season, you're not going to be having a competition battle during practice. It's very much you're implementing game plans for that week and how you're going to attack that team. You're going to rep your normal stuff that you're comfortable with. So so that's fine. Meaning, yeah, if he'd had a one slip-up game, Maybe they're like, all right, we'll give JT a chance. And then all of a sudden they're like, holy crap, he is – okay, he is much better. I, I see what you're saying. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I think it's going to be fascinating and how how Kirby and that team responds. I really am because I'm not even – I mean, they play uh, Michigan first, right? So, I mean, you know, we – you know, I, I think Georgia will handle business. I mean, I've seen other crazier things happen, but – you know, we'll see. We'll see. They still got to get through Michigan before they can get to Bama. So don't be looking. Yeah, ahead. I mean, if if I'm a betting man, I'm taking that under for sure. Uh, whatever it's set at, I think it'd be a very low scoring game. And I mean, I I have always said, you know, Big Ten is not the SEC. They might want to claim that they are. Might want to claim that they're close and they can do what they want to do versus us. But if you look at every bowl game with higher ranked Big Ten teams versus lower ranked SEC teams, the SEC teams win nine times out of ten. So it's just I agree. I agree. I just I just really don't see and and you know I'm I'm talking mess on Stinson Bennett and the Georgia offense, but like I don't see the Michigan offense being as great as this, you know, Alabama offense that just just put right. up that many points on them. Like I just don't see them keeping up. Um, especially Dude, with them I, I'll, being I'll just so say, run forward and like just say, not having ahead, a passing okay. game. Sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? Well, I was just saying, like, if they would have a legit quarterback and have a good passing game to balance with their run, then I would, you know, lean towards Michigan. But because they're so run heavy and they're so like, yes, we're going to run the ball on you, like, this is not the defense to do that, yeah, against. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I would just I – mean, somehow Cincinnati beats Bama. I would I, – I think I would cry. Like, I would be so happy if that happened. I would too, but then I'd be like, well, dang it now. The one thing that I love about Georgia not winning the SEC championship is our man, 
Dan Harrelson out throwing that thing out there talking about we're still going to have more SEC championships than them, which I love. The other thing is, too, I love that Georgia can talk as much nonsense as they want. They can say as much stuff as they want. You still haven't won a national championship since 1980. Congratulations, your program's been a hell of a lot better than ours is lately, but just a few years ago we were beating you, and you still don't have a national championship. So what you're not at the table yet just because you can't sit down. It's like um, Georgia is, is the shooter McGavin. They they don't have they don't have the gold jersey yet. So as good as you've been, shooter, you still don't have the gold jacket. So we'll see yeah. you on we'll see you on hole nine at nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No gold jacket for those for those Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Correct. I do Correct. I do love having holding that over their heads. But like I said earlier, I don't feel this animosity towards Georgia. In, in a way, like I feel it a lot more towards Alabama. So if it does turn out to where it's Alabama, Georgia, I'm going to be rooting for Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Yeah. I can. I, I feel you. I feel you. Uh-huh. Um, let's jump into, let's jump into a little bit of the, uh, of the bowl games uh, or to the UT bowl game. It just dropped. So we're playing, we're playing Purdue and we're playing them in Nashville. What's your thoughts? All right, so so sorry to interrupt this amazing conversation, but we have a new ad. Uh, this is Lightbox. So say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the greatest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds that you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. So visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. I'm disappointed in the fact that we are playing in Nashville. I, It's all about money with bowl games, and I really do feel like Tennessee travels the best of any SEC team out there. I thought hope, – I was hoping that we would possibly get a Gator Bowl or maybe an Outback Bowl, knowing that was a long shot. I understand why they put it in the Music City, but I'm still excited that we're in a bowl game. I mean, I picked before the season that we go five and seven. I didn't think we'd get into a bowl. I thought this was, you know, going to be really tough rebuild. And the fact that we're sitting where we're at, we're seven and five going to the bowl game versus a Purdue team that's no slouch. It's no joke. So if we can beat this team – which I think we can, it looks great on on Hypel, on the football program moving forward, an eight-win season with a with a bowl game in his first year. Um I, I you know I'm excited that it at all that being said, I'm excited it's in Nashville for enough. There will be a ton of Tennessee fans there, um, and not as much Purdue, uh, which is a great thing. Um I think this is going to be like a good test 
for how good this team is now. I think like Ole Miss and Pitt, they didn't hit us at our best possible moment, our best possible playing, and especially Pitt. I mean, they're ACC champions, and we lost them by one score. We definitely could have beat them. Where it's like, okay, now we can show, like, we're not a team to be messed with. We're not a team that you think you can just roll over. Like, this is a good team in the east of the SEC. That's still doing this. That's still yeah. going up. That That's still right. Trending exactly. It's, it's all about trending. You want to be trending up going into the offseason. I mean, just think about Prude a couple of years ago. I mean, that guy loses, loses to Georgia State and loses to BYU. But he was trending up, and that's what you have to have going into he the offseason. He beat Nebraska by a point, and yeah. it was all the rage. We're, we're going to the next season. It's the best team ever. Right, because because you want that for recruiting. And recruiting is so important, so you want the trending to always be going up so that these kids are like, okay, like they're not thinking that Tennessee just went like 7-5. They're like, yo, Tennessee, that, that big orange, you know, that big orange tee, like I'm seeing it on SportsCenter, I'm seeing it on – TV, I'm seeing it on social media, like it's just trending up. So I'll say this. I'm so happy you said it because I'm going to echo. Even though I said that we would go six and six and then go seven and six as we win the bowl game, I am so proud and happy that this team in his first season won a bowl game. And I cannot wait. I don't know when we're going to do it, but I, maybe maybe next week, maybe next week. Um, and I, and I, I'm going to put in a lot of time and a lot of stuff, but I want to do a complete season recap where we look at all the games. But I'm just so proud of this team. I'm so happy and excited for those kids. I'm happy to have the coaches that we have. And so saying all that, I could not be happier. Um, yes, I wanted to go to a Florida Bowl. Um, I wanted to go – the Outback Bowl, listen, I get it. They got Arkansas and Penn State. I would have loved to have played Penn State. Loved to have played Penn State. But I get it. They got Arkansas. Arkansas, you know, had damn, better. Damn, James Franklin, that's SOB. Yeah, so I would have loved to have played them, and I love that matchup better than Purdue. And then the Gator Bowl would have been Wake Forest versus Texas A&M. I get it. Like, even though I called it and Jimbo's a fraud and he never lives up to, to expectations – and he's always a bunch of fake hype. I don't understand the love for Jimbo, but I would have loved to have played Wake Forest. Yeah, in the he game. has given the number one team in the nation their only loss. And I think you get in trouble as a program when you're paying a guy $7 million or $8 million a year and you're expecting him to be contending for playoffs and national championships and SEC championships, and he, and he doesn't sniff that. So that's what I would say. Be careful. Like, congrats. Like, you know, Hugh Freeze, who I do think is a good coach, he was beating Bama a couple times a year. But that doesn't mean that, like, he's going to be taking you to where you want to go if you're a program that wants to go to a national championship. So, anyways, I'm fired up to be in Nashville – or I'm fired up for the bowl game. I think Nashville is great because, like you said, I think there's going to be – obviously, we go everywhere. So, Tennessee will have a lot of fans there. We have we, Hell, we already have a lot of fans that live there. But I will say this. Don't sleep on Purdue because I don't think that's that far of a drive as people expect coming down south. Like, and everyone wants to go to Nashville. Like, when I used to live in Nashville and and there were bowl games and stuff, everyone was like, like, we think of like, oh, it's a it's a, a Florida bowl. Let's go down there, be in the sun for a couple of days, go to go to Florida and maybe enjoy the beach for a day. Like, there's like teams like I remember when Iowa was playing in the Music City 
bowl against somebody. And I remember when Northwestern was playing in against Auburn, and you would not have believed the amount of Iowa people that traveled and the amount of Northwestern people that traveled, all because it's like, well, we want to come experience the Nashville, Broadway, honky-tonk, cowboy-wearing hat, all that nonsense. So so I think Purdue will have a good, a good turnout. And lastly, this is the one team I didn't want to play. I did not want to play Jeff Brom, and I did not want to play uh, Purdue because I feel like – now this was funny because I didn't watch one Purdue game all year. I, I didn't. I didn't for whatever reason. For whatever reason, it just did not. And, and I'm not the type that like, oh, I'm not going to waste time watching Purdue. It just didn't happen to where they were on TV and I started watching them. Hell, there's a bunch of just teams that I watch because I just love watching football and they're on TV. Or obviously, if I've gambled on somebody, I just didn't catch them. Now, obviously, they had their big win against Iowa, which is you know I was overrated. They have good defense, terrible offense, um, and then they beat Michigan State. Michigan State's a little bit overrated. They they obviously have a better front seven than they have a, a, a you know back, you know defensive backfield, and so I think that's what Purdue took advantage of. But I feel like this is a lot of us playing us because I think Brom is a good coach. I think they're going to score. I think so. I'm a little nervous because I I just want so bad to have that continued trajectory of the offseason and oh. to 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 capitalize on that. So. Do I have faith in the team? Yes. I, I wish it was against somebody else because I think, you know, the one thing about Purdue is they'll probably be Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I mean, that's why they only lost, you know, it was a 14-point game against Notre Dame. That's respectable. Then they blow out Iowa. Then they get blown out by Wisconsin. But then they come back and rally and win by 11 and Michigan, you know, against Michigan State. So it's just like, what team are you going to get? And then, um, See, you know, I so think, – I think with – Purdue, they are a decent team. They are an eight and four team. As much as an eight and four team can be an eight and four team, mm -hmm. I think they caught. That's a great way to put that. Great way to say that. By I way. think they caught Iowa and Michigan State in the perfect spot to beat them, where Iowa comes off a huge win versus Penn State, makes them number two in the nation. And they're like, yes, 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 all this stuff. And it, it's the down week. It right. happens so often where they win the big game, they put so much effort into it, and then it's the down week. Same thing with Michigan State. They beat their in-state rival. They're seen as little brothers to Michigan. They finally beat them. They finally get ranked in the top four, top five, or number three, and letdown spot. And Purdue is there to take them out. It, it, I just, it, it just lined up perfectly for Purdue with those two wins. I don't think those two wins – um, solidify exactly who they are. I think more of the fact of like losing to Wisconsin, uh, a close game with Minnesota, you know, losing. I think they to, lost to Minnesota, didn't they? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. But like, yeah, 20 those are more right. games where you see like, okay, this is what the real team is. Right. You know I'll what say I mean? This. I, think, I think we run the ball at them. That, I think that's what Heupel is going to want to do. I think he's going to want to go in. And I think he's really going to want to establish the run and see if we can against them. And so I I don't know if I've heard Kate is Kate playing or is he foregoing the bowl game and gonna go to the NFL. Has he announced anything yet? Because I'm not gonna be surprised if he doesn't play. There hasn't been anything yet. But my feeling is with his injury, I don't yeah. know. It, the fact that he is hurt, I mean, he couldn't, he didn't even dress for the last game. I don't know if he's going to even be able to play. I think he might have to miss just because of his injury. But there is a side of it where, and I mentioned this last podcast, you aren't seen as a good player if you're injured a lot. Like 
people don't like guys getting injured all the time. And, you know, best available, best ability is availability. This would be a game where he's like, Oh, I can come back from injury. I can come in and play and win and play very well and show all you NFL recruits like and scouts. Hey, I'm, I'm still a great player. Like there's right. no doubt. There's no doubt about that. And I can come back from injury and this is nothing. I don't really have this kind of issue. Um, so I, I don't know. It, I just, I brought, I brought him up because I was saying, I want to, we want to pound the rock. And I think he's obviously a huge key to that. So that's why I brought him up. And the last thing I'll say that I've heard people talking about, I was really happy to see Vol nation rally around Alante Taylor and, and, and give him his, his, you know, kudos and, and give him his round of applause. Like, I could care less if he plays in, in the bowl game because he didn't leave. Even though I said it last pod when we were talking about senior day, he's had some up and down times. I will always respect him for the energy, passion, effort, toughness that he played with. And he kept coming back every Saturday and strapping it up and giving his all for Tennessee. And I I hope that, you know, he can go and, and have a good pro day and have a good senior bowl and, all that type of stuff and, you know, get it, you know, he's going to get a chance, but I, I hope he does that. And so I'm totally fine with him not playing. I really am because he, he didn't leave and then he stayed and, and he, and he sought it out. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault some of those other guys. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but like if a Matthew Butler didn't play, I'm like, bro, you did everything you could for us. Like I understand it. So I hope we have as much as a full team, because like I said, I want to keep that trajectory going and I'm happy that we're in a bowl game and, you know, Purdue makes me a little nervous, but Hey, that just means I'm more excited to watch and see how we do. True. Very excited for that game. I cannot wait. Um, like you said, I cannot wait to keep the trajectory moving up. Um, and Heifel to, you know, like I said in the beginning, like make a statement, like have a statement win. Cause I think like, you know, wins versus Missouri and South Carolina aren't necessarily statements. The Kentucky win was more of a statement, but um, having that good statement one at the end of the season being like, this is supposed to be one of your best teams in the big 10. Really? Like this, this team, like we're going to beat the crap out of them. So right. I love that opportunity that we have. Um, let's move into recruiting. Everyone loves recruiting every single fan out there. Um and there's been a few that we've gobbled up over these past weeks. Now we're like you said, we're not going to dive too deep into it, but some of those guys that we see and, and what we expect out of them moving forward. Honestly, for me, I just, I'm going to talk about just one, probably just one person right now, um, potentially two, but really I'm just going to start with, um, and I, it's super disrespectful. So I don't want to call him Rodney Harrison's kid. So it's Christian Harrison. Is that correct? Yep. So I have not got to watch film. I I haven't got to look into a bunch of stuff. I think I checked his offer list, but I've been looking at a bunch of offer lists, some of these other kids, and it, and it looks like his offer list was was pretty good. It was decent. Then, I was surprised by it. Honestly, I thought it yeah. would be more of the top tier teams. I think there was like a Florida, a South Carolina, um, maybe like one Big Ten team, but like yeah. With his name being who he is, you expect the higher teams to just – you're going to look at him because right. of who he is, because of who right. his dad is. So right. I would expect his offer list to be a little more top tier. Um, but 
in no way is it bad. In no, no way does it and, look like he's not getting recruited by big guys. Right. And so I'll look at that. Like I said, I'll look at his film. I think I did watch a, a very brief of his film. And I thought what I saw was 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 good and fine. I think there was a couple even plays where he was on offense, which was cool to see because he was straight up corner. And it looked like they left him out on the island a lot. Yep. And this is terrible to say, but it is what it is. Like the fact that we did land him and that publicity that we're going to get because of who he is and Rodney Harrison's kid. And you got Rodney Harrison maybe, you know, tweeting out him of pictures in the in the in the tee. And I mean, you know, and, and different stuff. Like it just once again it helps that trajectory. And I'm not saying that Rodney Harrison's gonna go on NBC, you know, at, at, you know, his NBC gig that's a great gig and Sunday night and all that stuff, but he knows a lot of people in the football realm, whether it's college or NFL, and he's been around it a long time. So anytime you can have a guy like that that is supporting your program, it's a plus. Now for the kid for the kid's sake, there's usually one of two things that happen with players and like the nepotism and stuff like that. And a lot of people are like, and, and, and I listen to Chris Long a lot. I love his podcast. And he always talks about like growing up as Howie Long's son. Like, yeah, people think it might be sweet and awesome. And it is, but there's also a lot of pressure that comes to it. And so I think a lot of those kids that do do that, they grow up a lot quicker. And they also usually have that hard work, good coachable kid, usually probably pretty smart, like just a good, solid player and a good foundation that you want to have. Is he going to come here and be a, a shutdown corner? You know, hell, I have no idea. But I probably would bet money on the fact that Rodney's going to have his kid as a – like I used to always talk about Amari Rogers because I knew Amari – I at least I was around him enough personally that I could see him. Amari was carrying himself as a professional athlete since he was like in middle school. Like just how he carried himself – how he acted, how he worked, like he's just a mature dude. And that's what I feel like when you get a kid like this, like I would be very shocked if Rodney has not instilled in him stuff that I know like our parents maybe instilled in us or like, you know, people were raised well. They came from a good background. They came from a good family, which that stuff doesn't mean you're going to be a good football player. It can only hopefully help. And yeah. so that's that's why I was happy. I was like, listen, I'm, I'm glad to see get the publicity from that have a good guy like that around the program. You have no idea what other NFL kids, you know, other NFL, ex-NFL players, kids might look at us now because of Rodney. You, you never know. So I think it's it's just a, a good plus. Real quickly, the other one is uh, Joshua Joseph, I think. And I haven't looked at anything about him yet except for I'm going to be a, a lame and say I love that he's a four-star. But the main thing that I love is that he's an edge guy. Because hey, my edge rushers are damn important, man. They're 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 one of the most besides quarterback and offense and you know off quarterback offense defensive line those guys are the most important and so the one thing that I'm getting a little annoyed about with with ball Twitter is like every receiver that goes in the transfer every receiver or running back that goes in the transfer portal they're like oh let's go get him let's go get him or every commit that's like a three star or whatever that used to be a receiver or a running back like oh come to UT if you want to be great in this offense like guys those are the people we really don't need like yeah it'd be great if we have them. You guys need to open up your eyes. Football is always going to be won and lost in the trenches. Like I said, I will continue saying that for as long as we do this podcast, and I'll say it when I'm talking sports for as long as I live, even if I'm talking to some random guy at a gas station. It's oh, one and lost in the trenches. It's one and lost in the trenches. So I don't get excited when I see a three-star wide receiver because I just don't feel like we we hype necessarily like we've got it. I already felt like we had a pretty good wide receiver core with Squirrel, Cam Miller, 
and Chase Nimrod, like, I was happy with those guys. I was fine with those guys. Now, if we pulled in some four or five star, okay. But, like, I want some offense alignment. I want some defense alignment. I want some edge guys. And that's why I was happy to see him because he's an edge guy. And, obviously, I know that we just had the number one recruit in the nation, number one JUCO in the nation, um, which is hilarious. He calls himself Thanos. But, like, he's a D lineman. If we could somehow get him and – I'm hearing whispers that the whole Walter Nolan thing isn't over yet, and that was before he committed. I mean, that was before he came to an official visit this week. Obviously, I was talking to people, and they're like, listen, that thing is far from over. Are they right? I don't know, but I hope they are. So, yeah. anyways, that's all I have for recruiting. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with what you're saying because if people can think of it from this point of view, you can scheme – a wide receiver open on a route. You can get him open on a route versus a certain defense versus a certain down and distance and say, hey, usually on second and eight, they run this defense. So I'm going to run this route concept and it's going to get my slot receiver open on a post and we're going to have a touchdown or a big gain out of it. With offense and defensive line, you can scheme to get five guys blocking five guys, but it's still one-on-one. -on -one. It is still him beating you or you beating him on every single snap. It's not like that for wide receivers, for DBs. In zone, it's literally not like that. If you play man coverage, yes, one-on-one, -on -one. but if it's zone, which teams do half of the time, it's not like that at all. It's not one-on-one -on -one matchup. It's Scheme matchups, same thing for running backs. It's scheme matchups. How many guys in the block in the box? How many guys are you? Do you have blocking versus the defense? Then you know that you know you only have the safety to beat as a running back, as an offensive lineman, as a defensive lineman. Every single play, you have a one-on-one -on -one block versus a guy you're going against. Whether it be a pass, whether it be a run. Sometimes you have a double team if you're into your offensive lineman, but then you have to get off and block a linebacker. You don't get to stay in the double team. It doesn't get to be one versus two the entire time. You're going to have a one-on-one -on -one matchup every single play as a defensive lineman and offensive lineman. That's why I think it is so important to have good guys up front on both sides of the ball because there are one-on-one -on -one matchups all throughout the game, and that's what causes teams to win and teams to lose. So uh, uh, I'm completely me, with you on that sentiment. Let me put it this way. We didn't we didn't lose to Georgia because of wide receiver or running back play. We didn't we didn't lose to Alabama because of running back or or wide receiver play. And um and that's why it's the most it's the most important. So um you know We'll see what they continue to do in the, uh, you know, in the transfer portal and recruiting. And like I said, we'll dive into that much deeper. But um, I just – give me some big Huskies. Give me some edge guys. I know you were – I know you had a little something, something going on. But did you hear what I said by any chance? Yes. yes. Yeah. So, anyways, that, that's all I have to do to honestly wrap it up is, like I said – we didn't lose Georgia because of wide receivers and running backs and same thing with Bama. Yeah. So. Sorry about that. Um, I'll keep, I will keep it in the pod because it is funny. Uh, my wife is cooking right now. 
uh, pizza night and she, she, she walked in with dough all over her hands and were like, I don't know if this is going well. I think I'm, <laughs> well, I think Eric, hey, hey, well, Ariel walked into the hotel room and she was trying to be like super quiet, but Hey, I, I love talking with you. I love hearing what you had to say. Um, you know, I'm excited for these next podcasts. I really am like the season, the season was over and I love breaking down the season, but I'm excited to get in to talk about more bowl games and I'm excited to talk about some off season stuff. Like, you know, it never stops. So like I'm, I'm, I'm couldn't be more excited. So. No, this is a 24, seven, 365 sport football is so very excited also. Um, and actually break down stuff that I think that's what our podcast delivers. Like during the season, it's breaking down the film and letting people like concentrate on plays that are very impressive. And then during the off season, it's breaking down a film of recruits and letting people understand like how it's viewed from a off from a player's perspective on different stuff. So very excited um, as we move forward. Uh, appreciate you guys watching and listening. Uh, you're the best. As always, all the likes, the comments, the, the, the rating on all the podcast platforms, y'all are awesome. Um, we're always looking at comments and want to answer them. And uh, please feel free to keep reaching out to us with questions, uh, whether that be on Twitter, uh, where you can follow us at Believe in Tennessee or at Kyler Kerbison or at rbacon 26 um or on youtube in the comment section it it's honestly great to see i love talking with you guys and reaching out on either our email believe in tennessee football at gmail.com or our phone number 865-322-9232 and um follow us you know i have instagram and facebook same at kyler kerbison um and continue to reach out, continue to support, continue sharing as much as you possibly can. Let other people know what podcast you're listening to on Wednesdays. What podcast you listen to Wednesday at work when it comes out on Spotify or Apple. What podcast you're watching on YouTube after work when you get home and you're cooking or you have some time when the kids lay down. Let everyone know who you're listening to. And that's Believe in Tennessee Football. Uh, Thank you guys so much, as always, for the support. And as always, go balls. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.